0: Hi, this is Arik, and Aurelia, and we're here to talk about life and interesting things.
1: So we think, but in the end, you'll be the judge of it.
0: Either way, what we have to talk about is... Ageless! Ageless. So, my first question today for this podcast is, how would you explain the state of being in a verbal?
1: Oh, a verbal, like, uh uh-huh like a vortex he means for the non-german speaking crowd and how would i explain that state of being
0: yeah i think it's more than a vortex so just for the for the listeners because or to explain vortex it's like one of the best ways i can describe it is like you know if you're just You know how sometimes, like, if you're in the park or if you've ever been on a playground and then, like, you just see leaves kind of just spinning randomly? Mm -hmm. It's, like, the spinning.
1: Yeah, like a vortex. Yeah, vortex. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh How would you describe that, that being in that state?
1: Well, like, if you are in that state, then I only know it from observation because hopefully... never been in that state but mm-hmm, definitely That's that would be mm-hmm. one of the signs if you're in that state you do not know it you're just running in circles with what it's called like you know a chicken without a head you are just running and running and running and you do a lot of exploring and then when you come full circle it's like as if you have not learned anything at all It's not like in a spiral, you know, where you are taking the information and integrate it and then even though you're at the supposedly same spot, but you're a tier higher, but you're literally spinning in circles. Like let's say you have beef with me and then I explain to you what's going on and what this is and every step along the way you keep saying yes 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 i understand yes i understand and then let say it can be as long as an hour you say yeah but and then you come back to the original statement as if you know we have not said anything which means you're basically if you're in a verbal you're basically entirely disconnected from anything but that driving force
0: so it, it kind of reminds me of episode one season one let him spin
1: yes but it's a little bit more serious than that
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so it's fixated yeah it's spinning but fixated yes kind of like if you're on a ferris wheel and you look at one object and like even though you're going around if you're just fixated on one object then you don't even notice that you're spinning because you it's only you and that object and you're fixated on it. Mm-hmm. And everything that you experience, that you hear, that you're talking about, then it always comes back to the tree or whatever it is that you're looking at.
1: Yeah, it, everything falls by the wayside. It, is, it does not penetrate.
0: Mm-hmm. And so how, this, how does this work out in relationships with people? Or like not necessarily romantic, but just relations, interpersonal relationships, business relationships, social, you know, in society, hmm. you know, people,
1: <laughs> I can just say it's not working out. I mean, it but it's, is, but it's happening. It's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And people who are engaging and I'm doing some Dr. Evil air quotes you know, with that. <laughs> I think are you really not engaging because you're never, listening to the other person and it's not what we talked also about because you're narcissistic and there's just no room for anybody else it's not like that even people who aren't narcissistic at all it's just they are so consumed by the information that they focus on that there is no room for anything else there is no room for anything else to penetrate that it is so dense. Like I think the um, image that you brought brought up like with the leaves Mm -hmm. spinning, I think, you know, that is really a very good uh, image to think of because like a hurricane also would be like that imagery or like uh, a dirt devil, if you have seen one ever. It's like there is this wall that spins and inside, you know, it's like they call it the eye of the storm, you know, that's very calm, but there is no way for you to penetrate that spinning boundary. Mm-hmm. And that spinning boundary in like in our case that we're talking about that would be the fixation on a particular information. And you cannot penetrate that. Like no matter what you try to add or to break through, you will not succeed. So the best thing is to just abandon and just stand by and nod your head and go like, yeah.
0: Can you like give an example, like, or just make one up like these fixations? Or explain why people get so fixated on things? Or is that like attachment?
1: Yeah, it's attachment to an emotional state. I mean, I can...
0: um, Oh, so it's not even attachment to an idea. No. It's It's an emotion.
1: It's an emotion.
0: Of being right or...
1: I don't know. Like The first time I consciously experienced something like that, It was with a friend of mine and she felt like totally betrayed because I was shopping with another friend and did not take her. Okay. But we were shopping for something that she had prior to that uh, admitted she does not need and she does not want. So, you know, by all means, I thought it is very okay to go with that friend who wanted to buy that. Okay. The moment this other friend found out that I was shopping with somebody else, like she freaked the fuck out. <gasps> sorry. Sorry. Beep. Either way, <laughs> she totally freaked out. <laughs> and... I could put like a Jerry Springer beep on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, either way, I then went on explaining to her see, I really do but not know. But it shows know. how much it tripped you out. Yeah, it really did. And it still does when I think about it. That energy of utter confusion
0: is. Oh, it's it's a confusion.
1: Still, yeah, it's total confusion. And I tried my best to explain to her, I said, see, I really do not know why you have your knickers in a knot because you told me you're not interested in that particular object and you don't have room for it and you don't want it. And so it's clearly not about the thing that I bought. It's clearly about that you feel left out. But why would you feel left out when I hear you say, you know, you don't want to have anything to do with it? And every step along the way, like to my arguments, she would say, yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. I felt so good. I felt we were resolving something and we were making headway. And then, you know, when I felt like, oh, I can breathe and it's all well, then she said, you know, but how come you didn't take me and you take her? And mm-hmm. that's like the thing where I then realized we did this like three times, mm-hmm. this whole thing. And then I realized I said, well, you know, you're like caught up in this eddy, you know, like mm-hmm. how in the water, there are eddies. Yeah. And just like you cannot swim out of them because mm-hmm. that would be that wall again. Yeah. we was saying, and there is nothing I can say or do that helps you because you have to address the underlying issue first of feeling unloved by me or feeling Uh replaced Mm -hmm. none of that was true but those were all the issues that
0: was the fixation
1: yeah but guess what did she hear that no Mm -hmm. next thing you think we're still
0: friends no Mm -hmm. yeah so so yeah, it's about some kind of addiction to emotional state yes. of, of unresolved issues. Yes. Do you think people can be like in smaller and bigger eddies?
1: Oh, there can be whole huge <clears throat> groups in one eddy.
0: No, but like, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Go ahead, elaborate on that and then I will like rephrase my question.
1: Yeah, let's say if you have a group that is that feels like victimized about the same thing Mm -hmm. you know then they would all be in this edit together Mm -hmm. and no matter what you try to educate them that Mm -hmm. you know maybe there's another perspective another point of view they would see it or not see it in the same way my friend saw that
0: that makes so much sense because Uh, many times like when I'm helping people get through crisis or situations that they're trying to recover from, I usually um, suggest to them that in my experience in the past it's not a good idea to go to a support group. Oh, not at all that would be such an idiot. But that makes sense now like putting it in these kinds of words because what usually happens in these support groups is that they reinforce the trauma, they reinforce the patterns and Like, they bond off of something that, you know, had happened to them. Yeah. But it keeps them down. Yes. You know? You know, with Mm -hmm. the exception of, uh, like, you know, AA or something. Because there it's, you know, it's not, like you know, you're acknowledging the higher power and, you know, you're, you're...
1: Even if you really do that. If you really do it, I mean... Because if not, then it becomes just that's like... That's true. Kind there of are people
0: group. that go to these AA meetings or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're not really doing it, but they're using it like a support group. That's exactly. True. And yeah, that's yeah. how then
1: the people who, like, 30 years later say... You know, hi, I'm a Aurelia, I'm an alcoholic. You know what? Well, I mean, we know that AA works. You're labeling and yourself. And, after yeah. so mm-hmm. many years, you know, mm-hmm. really acknowledging the higher power and doing the work. You're no longer an alcoholic because you yeah. realize you that. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, it was totally about something else. And you let that yeah. go. And you don't need that crutch anymore. And yeah. like any quote-unquote normal normal person you can have a glass of wine on the full moon you know without yeah right right
0: yeah but it it, normally it's like this ego kind of uh congress yes you know it's like this happened to us and you can either go like activist about it or you can go victim Mm -hmm. like in the more passive way and i even know that just for myself like as i was recovering from you know my childhood abuse and whatnot that if People that like wanted to relate to that and you know talk about that I was like oh hell no you know mm. like, this is this is like that's I could feel the energy it's like dragging down it's like let's make this group of poor me victims it's it's necessary to grieve mm-hmm. you know and also to support each other but that's it you know yeah. then then it's done yeah you know, you then it's to- done and you have to take responsibility accept your quote unquote fate and then you know heal and elevate
1: so what that is like that stage where you do need the support and where you do have to acknowledge it this is all to basically break that core of abuse apart so that you can actually you know mm, let's say if you have a boil you know it's not gonna heal if it's just festering in itself, you know, sometimes like you need to drain that boil, which means you have to maybe go to the doctor and have like him use a scalpel and which means like to create an opening so that some healing agent can penetrate. And with our verbal, we have said, you know, that's exactly not what's happening. Nothing is penetrating, nothing new comes in. So yes, you grieve together, you feel supported, but this is all in creating space and those um wirbel, they are actually contracting more.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's totally right. And and I've I've seen like um healers and you know, therapists or whatnot and like where they want to acknowledge and really kind of Dare I say it? Like bank off the pain of others yes. without really helping them to elevate. Because I mean, hey, you know, there's like a lifetime client right there. Yeah, <laughs> bank off literally. You know, and and I just think it's like nah, like you know, if anyone is listening and you feel like, well, I'm not really getting better, then you know, you need you need to maybe really like think about,
1: yeah,
0: you know, what guidance you're following and whatnot, and mm-hmm. and so going back to. Actually, the question that I asked you, like, about the bigger and the smaller eddies is, which I guess would be the English word for a verb, like an eddy. Yeah. um, So the way I understand it is, like, an eddy is basically a judgment. Yeah. You know, it's a judgment. And I'm asking, like, you can have these smaller eddies where you're just, like, you know, for example, with, like, your friend and... Mm -hmm. It's like these situational Eddies that are like, yeah. yeah, but, you know, yes, I understand what you're saying, but you said this, exactly. and, you know, I just, I can't let this go, and everything keeps coming back to this, yes. and everything you say, I compare it to this, and this is my delusion, and you can never break that. Yes. You know? And then I, in, in in Bavarian, you would say, spinst du. Yeah. You know? Like, you're mm-hmm. spinning. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then I, I'm asking them, like, can you have these, like, bigger Eddies that, like, they're not so like hyper and reactive, but they're just more like, you know, like, uh, like they rotate at the, at the rate of Pluto, you know, where it's kind of like these, you will probably never even confront it in one lifetime.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: Like such a big delusion, like so big that you can never like you just, yeah. Like yeah, like you're comp- in it,
1: but you never feel the...
0: The movement of it. The, the spin. movement
1: or the um, uh, restriction or like the limit. The limitation. Of it.
0: Oh, so yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, obviously it's limiting, but it's limiting? hmm How so?
1: Like everything that's uh, intrinsically a contraction is limiting. Like if you in any situation are so fixated that you do not allow a different point of view to enter your perception.
0: Oh, okay. So then you have like cognitive bias. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Like where you compare everything that you hear and you fit it into your judgment, your... You know, discrimination, your prejudice, your racism, yes. like all of this, like everything yes. is being put into that, so like mm-hmm. if like the Buddha or God or Jesus himself would appear up in front of you, looking like someone that that falls within your prejudice, you would never see them for who they are,
1: never that's like the beauty of the Tibetan Bardo teachings, well, okay, you know, where say like after you die, mm-hmm. you no know, then. Of course, like everybody sees the light and everybody first will be in the light. The problem is, you know, can you stay there? Of course, if you have a hell rebirth, hell rebirth is instant, but let's just not go to the extreme. Let's just go like your average person dying, going into the light, no problem. And then the vessel not being strong enough to um, stay there. Because then, like some of those attachments will come and show themselves in front of you, and then here comes your journey. Okay, and then it ends exactly where you say, like the Buddha, like the clear light where you are, or God, or Jesus, or whoever it is. you will perceive it as a threat
0: Mm -hmm. and you will start to run and hide. Yeah. It's horrible. So we have these smaller eddies and these bigger eddies. Mm -hmm. So how can you deal with someone who's in an eddy? (laughs) Going back in this case then to
1: our ageless number one, you have to let them spin Mm -hmm. because you cannot reach them.
0: No because it's my fixation. Mm-hmm. It's my trauma mm-hmm. and don't you dare mess with mm-hmm. my narrative. Yeah. This is my story. This is my self-importance. Yes. These are my emotions and don't you dare even come close to that because if you do I punish you, I will punish you yeah. and you will get, you will get hit with mm-hmm. something spinning around in my my yeah. eddy. because mm-hmm. You're the one who's spinning.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So if someone
0: is spinning out of control, either long term or short term, we just just like step back, like step outside of their tornado. Don't step into their tornado because you might step into the eye and then Mm -hmm. you think that everything's okay, but really it's not. Yeah. Can you, can that happen?
1: This can 100% happen. And this then... Like in relationships. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That would be like in more intimate relationships than where that
0: happens. Like where we both step into, like we're both in an eddy, but we're both in the eye because one of us has stepped in and then we say, Hey, everyone around us is crazy Mm -hmm. because obviously looking from the, like if you're if you're at the eye of the storm and you're looking out, it looks crazy, Mm -hmm. but really you're crazy because you're in that contracted
1: storm. Yeah hmm
0: So how can you know if you're crazy or not?
1: <laughs> like, that's <laughs> the, you know, most <clears> famous quote. <throat> if you ask yourself if you're crazy, you're probably not. Like, if everything is... <laughs> 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 you know, it all comes down to self-reflection. And so this honesty. is... Honesty. Yeah. You need honesty. Uh-huh. And this is then what uh, will eventually... And I do not know the time span because, you know, only the person and their personal fate will decide that, you know, when there are compounded experiences that will bounce the person again and again and again against the wall of this eddy, you know, where it like then make them break through or something very outrageous will happen
0: that shoots them out what's a compounded experience
1: let's say going back to my example with that friend okay so I didn't go shopping with her and then maybe um, a week later another friend doesn't want to go shopping with her and then maybe uh, the same day there's an office party and she's not going to get invited. And then, you know, so this is then all compounding on that experience like the of her not being The problems loved follow you. Being, you yeah, can't I'm... run
0: away from your problems. Yeah. hmm But it's not, I can tell you right now, it's not the problem of your friend. It's everybody <laughs> else's problem. Yes, of course. Because yes. all these people, hmm I just can't find people that are real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These people, they're just all betraying me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's about me. Because yeah. remember, I'm at the center of the storm looking out. You guys are crazy. Yeah, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm the victim of bad friends.
1: Yeah. But at some point, you know, and this is why so it's said, I cannot just shoot say, out. I cannot say if this is tomorrow or in 100 lifetimes but eventually the experience becomes compounded enough that it's like a wrecking ball wrecking the wall
0: of the eddy.
1: And in our terms of cosmic pixels then that would be a tower.
0: Yeah. Oh, we're going to be going into that level. Yeah. The the tower very yeah. soon. Mm-hmm can download the the class off of Mm alexander.com we have all these different beautiful classes they're Mm -hmm. introductory classes on tarot symbolism and they go as deep as you want it to based on the tarot deck that Aurelia and I um oversaw the designs of and um a very powerful journey where you can really look and see these different symbols and find them in your reality and Mm. And I'm really excited about that Yeah. to go into the tower. It's one of my favorite archetypes, but I, but being the wrecking ball, he means. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Do you think though that there is a possibility to be so dishonest that you can never get wrecked?
1: Never is too long. No, Okay. we're not dealing in absolutes, like Mm -hmm. never does not exist. Like I said. But the more
0: dishonest you are, the longer it'll take the wrecking ball
1: yeah and mm-hmm. i mean lifetimes after lifetimes that's pretty long yeah but in the end you know the intention of the all good always wins it's always gonna pull you out one way or the other
0: just not in 2020
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: no i'm sorry yeah i had to that was almost a low blow but yeah Uh huh. Hey, look, I've been really, I've been working my butt off trying to get everyone to. I know you you have.
1: I know you have. Mm -hmm. And no, it's not going to be that easy. It's not going to be that fast. I was up
0: front about it. I said, you know, don't think, you know, the, the, the draw, the ball drops. It's, you know, you don't want the New Year's Eve ball, ball to drop. You want the, the tower ball to drop. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, to get us to shift and we are shifting, but it's maybe not the way we would have
1: imagined or wanted it
0: but either way so say that you are like so now you've listened to this podcast and you're kind of like okay so i want to step out of any eddies that i may or may not be aware of what can you do Mm. like because maybe you are maybe you say okay maybe i'm in an eddy and i want to step out of it
1: well so then I think also on your website, there is like, uh, atonement exercise atonement mm-hmm. level one. Yeah. You could start with that. Oh yeah. Like the atonement in, exercise. In, in yeah. the mm-hmm. case of, uh, that friend of mine. And as you can see, she's getting a lot of blessings today. So that would mean that she says, wow, you know, now I have that almost same experience mm-hmm. over and over and over again in all different situations. So now I do that atonement level one exercise and see what does that really mean to me. And once you are at this point where you can start to take responsibility, you know, this is a first tiny little puncture hole for
0: new experience. Wow. So about... Self responsibility. Yes, and yeah, and the atonement uh, exercise can definitely help you with that. Actually, um, I created the atonement level one as an introduction to your work of atonement, which can only be done be via transmission workshop yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm actually from this talk, I'm I'm reminded of when you would send out the invitations to your workshops. One of the payments. That we had to bring to your workshops was an open mind.
1: Oh, nice.
0: And that is, of course, already mm-hmm. filtering out the eddies. Yes. And I'm sorry if your name's Eddie, but <laughs> but I, what I mean by that is yeah. the, the people spinning and they're fixated on stuff. Yes. Because if you go to a class and you're looking for that support group energy you're not going to get it from an authentic teacher like yourself. No, you know, because I mean, I can even tell you just, you know, people who come to my classes and they think that they can get this kind of supportive energy, Mm. man, you're barking up the wrong tree.
1: No, I had people leave and I had always like this policy that I don't know, like maybe up to two hours into the class, they have a money back and they can leave because, then it only uh, introduces um disturbing factor that's not helping anyone and it's stealing everybody's energy because they have this really horrific questions like you know my dog would understand more than they do mm-hmm. and it's just that's not working and so much, more. You, much more so mm-hmm. for me this always would work best to just let them go and they did mm-hmm.
0: and you yeah know, But for those of us who want to cross the threshold of the point of no return. Yes. That's like, no, I'm, I'm ready to get wrecking balled Mm -hmm. and to step out of these eddies and to, yeah, do my atonement level one and Mm -hmm. to take self responsibility because then you can be empowered about your life. And, and I can promise you guys that once you start to take responsibility for your life and you become empowered, then you kind of like, come over this hill or you make this like passing over the river or like whatever image you want to use, like you cross this gap of being a victim of life into becoming a creator of life. Yes,
1: said beautifully and you know, um then making it out of this one eddy doesn't mean that you're instantly enlightened. I mean you could be because I do not know this one Eddy could be your last but chances are, you know, you make it out of that and then you actually see, Oh my God, there is another one. And then realize that, you know, there are like eddies upon eddies. And this is where the image of the onion comes from, Mm -hmm. you know, how you just really peel off one layer after the other until there is really only open space left.
0: Here's something really interesting actually, because, um, actually just today, I put the final touches on my book. Yay. Zodiac hacks and you know of course I'm always kind of like looking and seeing all the details like do you know what mm-hmm. is okay and what is not okay. But I just realized like oftentimes when I'm doing consultation like when I'm reading people's charts it's it's like you can see the f- where where the attachments or the fixations are within the eddy because I mean let's face it the zodiac wheel is like an, a bigger eddy yes and you can see like where people are getting if there's a, like a lot of energy in one area of a choice, say oh okay hey you know there might be a some kind of fixation there yeah. on that and it's really interesting because I might spend an entire session an entire reading always in the same way coming back to the same thing because Mm -hmm. I will say it in the first two minutes, but then, you know, the, the, the whole conversation will go like in this other direction and I'll be like, yeah, that's great. But Mm -hmm. we got to bring it back to this. And I'll say it like in different ways and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to do that. But I think it's interesting because that would be like a reverse Eddie to get someone from distracting themselves from the eddy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess like it's about being honest then, I guess. Yes. That's like they're not honest enough to really look at also what's being presented in a therapeutic session. Yes. But to kind of like, you have to like use the eddy technique mm-hmm. to get them to look at the eddy that they're spinning.
1: 100%. And this is why, you know, if you're uh, like a um, guide worth the money, then you don't have an attachment to that because I can remember situations where, literally, decades later, people would come to me or contact me and say, "You know what? Do you remember that? Blah blah blah. Now I understand what it was you meant, and yes, you were so right. And it just took them like ten years or longer, you know, to just have what I brought to the table." Like,
0: penetrate
1: that wall.
0: Wow. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I totally know that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah, that's really intense. But if you would be
1: attached, mm-hmm. like, in your sessions, you would try to preach about it and
0: try to, like, pound it in. and That's what I'm saying. Like, I want the praise now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I don't want you to take 10 lifetimes and then you mm-hmm. all of a sudden get it. Uh-huh. Let's just not forget where this insight came from.
1: Oh, that is so funny. But yes, but this is, sadly is true. but this
0: is, you know, I'm, I'm making a joke, mm-hmm. but like, I think this is also just very helpful for people. If you are helping others, like even if you feel like you're not getting anywhere, you, you are, yes. you're always getting something somewhere because words are never lost. Exactly. So with that said, hmm. this has been Arik and Aurelia. And you've just listened to an episode of Ageless. Ageless. Please subscribe to Ageless everywhere podcasts are listened to. I prefer Apple. It's, you know, the Apple podcast. It's a good interface and everything works really good there. And please uh, check out my tarot classes online. And until next time, bye. bye. And don't forget to send us to someone that you think might help. Bye-bye.